Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. This is Gloria Screed, and today we consider the topic, Breaking the Pornography Addiction in Your Relationship. Discovering that your partner uses porn addictively is a crushing, confusing experience. Women compare it to the betrayal of discovering an affair, except that the other woman is a complete screen that is available 24-7 and that doesn't look or act like a normal woman. Porn addiction refers to a person becoming emotionally dependent on pornography to the point that it interferes with their daily life, relationships, and ability to function. The statistics on this subject speak for themselves. 47% of Christians say that they have a problem with pornography in their home, and 72% of males visit pornography websites as do 28% of females. Also, the porn industry is larger than the combined revenue of Microsoft, Google, Amazon, eBay, Yahoo, Apple, Netflix, and Earthlink. The FBI reports that porn is found at 80% of the scenes of violent sex crimes or in the homes of perpetrators. Porn addiction is a hazard to marriage, family, and society as a whole. It can have profound and devastating effects on the lives of those surrounded by the person suffering from addiction. Now, after all is said and done, award-winning sexologist Sanasi Amos says, you really cannot be addicted to porn, rather it's just a compulsive behavior. Thus, I brought her on board to come clear the air as regards this. She is an award-winning sex educator who specializes in sexual enlightenment. She creates content with the purpose of educating our audience while making it entertaining and friendly. Let's welcome Sanasi Amos, popularly known as The Sanasi. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me on your show. It's such an honor to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, Sanasi, let's go straight into the conversation. Porn addiction is societally anathema because people don't talk about it. Because some say addiction is relative. But what level does one get to and you can certify that one person is addicted to porn? Okay. We think of sex as a form of addiction, sex, pornography as a form of addiction. But then... It isn't really an addiction. It is not an addiction. Medically saying it's an addiction Addiction is incorrect because according to the DSM-5, the DSM-5 is what we use to diagnose mental illnesses. You do not find sex addiction there. You do not find pornography there. It is more of a compulsive sexual disorder. A compulsion can be very similar to an addiction, but they are not the same thing. So I will try to explain it to the simplest form for the listeners to understand. So for something to be a compulsion, it must be driven by an unmet need. It could be the rich, the need to get rid of fear or to get rid of anxiety or shame. Why addiction is getting instant relief by doing that thing and then you slowly lose control of yourself while trying to maybe get over the addiction you have. We have seen drug addicts have withdrawal symptoms. Some of them even die in the process because they struggle. This is not something they are used to. Their body cannot function without it. But you do not see people going around having... I would give an instance. There are people who have bad habits of molesting other people. They not term it an addiction. You are hurting other people. You are not... Don't use addiction as a means to escape your bad behavior so 
it's more of a compulsion. You are doing it to get rid of an unmet need. The need could be a good need or a bad need, but there is just a need that is unfilled. So let's say people who rape people is an abuse of power. You want to show, oh, I am more powerful than this person, and you decide to hurt the other person. For some other people who probably watch porn, most times when you see teenagers watching porn, it's not because they even want to watch it. They have an unmet need of sex education. They need to know about this topic. There's a curiosity there, and they need to satisfy that need. And they will go any length to satisfy it. So I hope this explanation clears, explains better. Hmm. So Nancy, wouldn't people then say that you saying it's because of an unmet need, that's why they keep doing this thing repeatedly, wouldn't that be you giving them an excuse for overdoing it? It's not an excuse. There is an unmet need. You ask people, why do you watch porn? They have an explanation, but they are probably scared of being judged for it or being shamed for it. That is a need. They need somebody to listen to them properly. I would give an example. In Nigeria, for example, the most common type of porn they watch after the BBW, BBW is a type of porn that futures big, bold, and thick women. You find gay porn. There is this high rate of homosexuality in the society. So there is no way they can meet somebody and say, oh, I am attracted to a man because there is fear of judgment. They begin to ask, am I normal? When you Google anything gay coming up on the internet, you type gay, porn definitely comes up and good SEO, that is search engine optimization, it comes up. And when statistics came out that Nigeria had one of the highest view of gay porns, I was not gay viewers of porn. I was not surprised because there is an unmet need in the society. You can't even come out and say, I'm attracted to the same sex. They attack you. So there is this unmet need. There are some people who even probably want, if you check the report released by Pornhub as of 2019, we had for Nigeria, BBW, that is for thick women. We had gay porn. We had lesbian porn. We had threesome. All of these things are fantasy that the society turn dark. If they catch you doing this, it's a problem. So there is a need to express yourself. So there is this fear of, what if I actually do it and they catch me? So I'd rather just satisfy the urge by checking it on the internet or downloading it on my phone instead of somebody walking in on me and catch me viewing it. There are some women who also probably want different forms of pleasure aside penetration, but society will view them as you are abnormal. So they would rather also watch it because there is an unmet need. There is this fear of expressing this is what I want about it and then this is what I want to do. Okay. Now, research shows that the causes of the compulsion to watch porn, because it says it's a compulsive behavior. Now, it may not be known, but definitely there are factors that can predispose you to watching porn compulsively. So, aside the unmet needs, are there any other? Yes, there are. There are. There are various reasons why people have compulsions. It's not just because of unmet need. It could be to cope with fear. It could be to cope with anxiety. It could be to cope with shame. Any one of these. So I would give a very practical example now. And I know this example is so common. People can relate to it. 
you see people who have probably, they have been abused in the past. So there's this fear of touch and sexual contact. They do not want it. And then they get anxious when they are around somebody they are sexually attracted to. You see most of them coming for sessions, telling you, oh, I like this person. I would want to have sex with the person, but I cannot because I'm really afraid. This might repeat itself again, or I have PTSD, so I would rather just watch porn. That is a reason for compulsion. And it becomes so much because that is the only way they can satisfy that urge. So that is another reason why it happens. Hmm, amazing. Now, when you recognize that this compulsion is there, can an individual recognize the compulsion or it's better recognized by a therapist? A therapist cannot just look in the face and say, oh, you have this compulsive disorder. It happens. You notice by yourself, okay, I have sexual desire towards this person, but I do not prefer being with this person. Or I just keep viewing porn and it's an issue of concern. It's giving you distress. When an issue gives you distress, you meet a therapist and then sessions begin for you to undergo. They have different testing techniques and then treatment plan for you to go through it. Okay, so it comes to the point of the individual recognizing this compulsive behavior. Exactly. There must be a distress to the individual experiencing it. Okay. Now talking about the distress and the compulsive behavior, over time, some people that have this disorder blame their partners for this uh, compulsion. So how do you handle such situation in a relationship where you're guilt-tripped because your partner has a compulsive disorder towards sex? So communication should be the bedrock of every relationship. But in this part of the world, we do not do it efficiently and effectively. That is why we tend to blame other people for it. So I would first like to tell people out there, if you are blaming your partner, oh, I view porn because you could not satisfy my need. It's a bad behavior. You should unlearn it. Because your partner is not a magician. There is no way your partner would know, oh, this is what my partner wants and I am not satisfying that need or doing anything. You have to communicate effectively and efficiently. And if you are the receiving end when you are constantly blamed, let the person understand there was no prior communication. And if you still cannot hold a conversation amicably and settle the issue, see a therapist or a sex coach or an educator to help you out. All right, and I said some people recognize this compulsive disorder, but they're just not willing to let go. They're just not willing to get help. Are there disadvantages in lingering on with this disorder? Definitely, there are disadvantages for every compulsive disorder. Number one, you have to deal with anxiety, sexual anxiety. When anybody talks about sex, you begin to question yourself. You begin to have sweaty palms, palpitation, and all of that. You have anxiety, you have distress, and it could also damage your esteem because you feel like I have this issue that people should not know about. What if I am caught in the act? What if somebody finds out? Or what if I never actually stop doing this? So it actually leads to distress. Distress at the long run and anxiety. You still have fear. And then you have to deal with the shame that comes with it. Hmm. 
Okay, then now let's go to the path of recovery, knowing fully well that the more you linger on in this, the more disadvantages there is to it. Now, we definitely understand as with any addiction that the path to recovery or as with any compulsive disorder, like you call it, the path to recovery from pornography is difficult and it's riddled with relapse. So how does one recover from the compulsive disorder related to porn and then not fall into a severe relapse? Alright, so that is why it is always advised when you have that distress and need to get help, get professional help. I give people an example. Your car is bad, you take it to the mechanic to fix it for you and then you do it. The same thing happens not just to your physical health, even your mental health. If there is anything giving you concern, find a professional. A professional is a psychologist, always find a professional. I, for Nigeria, the sex therapy and coaching space is not regulated, but it's not a bad thing to always ask the person you are getting therapy from or counseling from. Please, can I know your certifications, where you schooled? Because in this part of the world, just about anybody can come out and tell you, I'm a sex therapist, or come and tell you, I'm a mental health professional. Always be sure this person is a professional because a professional is equipped with the right knowledge and then they have the right skill to help you through it. So people get really scared of reaching out because they have been stigmatized by, in quotes, mental and sex therapists in the past, who probably were not professionals, they just took up that title because they know a thing or two about sex, they took up that title and started cashing out from it. So there is this shame of meeting another person so it's never a bad thing to ask a professional, please, can I know the right skills you have, the right licenses, the right certification you have, and then you get help. When you get the right help from the right source, there is always a follow-up to make sure, oh, this doesn't happen to this person again. There are healthy coping mechanisms developed for the person with the issue, with the compulsive issue. So getting the right help is what does it all. And then community, it's very important. I feel like when you meet a person that has the same type of issue as you are, you connect properly and you learn from each other more. So we have communities, recovery communities that you can be part of. And then you talk about it and then let go of the shame. You have this issue, you are acknowledging it, and then you are letting go of it. So always let go of the shame, get help, join community of like-minded people. I hear there are drugs, are there medicines, any medical line, aside the therapy? Yes, a psychiatrist could always help you out. A psychiatrist will always help you out. A psychiatrist works with a person mentally, so they can always help you out. But then you need therapy. I don't think there are drugs you take that you stop masturbating or having sex irrationally. There are no drugs. It has to do with your mind. Your mind is the biggest organ when it comes to sex. So you control it. You control your life. So always seek out a professional. 
Okay, then we'll always seek out a professional. I think that's a good way to just end the conversation. Thank you for being, uh, for sharing with us your thoughts. I've been speaking with an award-winning sex educator and just specializes in sexual enlightenment. She creates content, the purpose of educating people and making sex look entertaining and friendly. And she just spoken to us on the ways that we can employ, the things that we can do to break that, uh, what everyone knows as pornography addiction, but what uh, in the term of of a sexologist or compulsive disorder exactly in your relationship. I've been speaking with Sanasi Amos. Thank you for joining me on the show. Okay, now a partner's addiction may be one of the most painful and difficult knuckle sandwiches that life can smack you with. It attacks the very foundation of trust, security, and intimacy that a relationship is built on. However, there is hope both for your own healing and the recovery of your partner. Now, when each person makes the choice to end the destructive dance of addiction, blame, shame, and hurt, and instead chooses to move towards healing and recovery, miracles can happen and relationships can heal again. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.